Good evening and welcome to KLE Podcast and this is your host Sean Smith. We are doing another episode today and the episode is a live show that I did for Teaching Tuesday on Tuesday. (laughs) So the Teaching Tuesday topic was making disciples, what is it? So discipleship, what is it? Making disciples specifically, what is it? And we looked at the definition, the Greek definition of that word, those words and what the concept actually means. So the it was live on in the Facebook group, Kingdom Leadership Equipping. And the first part, unfortunately, my first start failed because of internet dropped me and it came out really terrible. So this is the second part. However, I got into the real definition of it and um, gave some explanation. Please take time to ponder on on the points and the principles. Ponder on the 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 concept. Look at the scriptures yourself. Go and look at how Jesus did it, and you know, f- formulate your own worldview. Formulate your own paradigm. Formulate your own concept of what discipleship is, not what is being portrayed. Or what, what anybody's portraying as discipleship, it's not control, it's relationship. So it, this whole teaching, teaching Tuesday, was just that, a deep dive into what is discipleship or making disciples. What does it mean to make disciples? So I, I pray that you'll in, enjoy, mostly, not just enjoy, and mostly that you will get insight that it will begin you thinking in a new direction and definitely that you're put into action some of these things for yourself, where you are, with who you can, and let's begin to bring transformation to our world, to this generation, and to this culture uh, that we live in. All right, so thank you for listening, and this is Sean. Until next time, God bless you. So we lost internet connection on my laptop, and <laughs> so I'm resorting to um, other methods. Oh, <laughs> I just kicked my toe. <laughs> so <laughs> this is fun. Anyway, so you know, you just got to make up. So here we are on my mobile. Let's and uh, let's carry on the teaching. Nothing to be phased. We we will keep doing this. All right. So. Basically, as I was saying, I was like the senior pastor, and when I read this scripture in Acts chapter 14, verse 21, that says they preached the good news to that city and made many disciples, it floored me so much that I just I canceled everything. I stopped everything, and I said, I have to understand how to make disciples. Otherwise, I'm wasting my time. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, you know, I can be, I can be getting like such a kick out of pr- fancy preaching and. Uh, you know, great revelation every other week and, um, you know, displaying all my wondrous glory of my gifting and and uh, and flowing in the spirit of gifts and praying for people and, and whatever else. But if I'm not doing what Jesus charged and commissioned me to do, then, you know, what's the point of doing anything? It just doesn't make sense to me. So I basically sat down and I said, you know what, I've got to change. I've got to change this. I've got to really get with God. And, and I said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm not going to do anything until I know that I'm doing the right thing. And, and, um, and not, 
not do anything, but I, I, I stopped all activity and I wanted to really get to the place that I, I could really, and I don't think I've grasped it altogether yet. And, and the thing about it is I haven't found anybody that actually even can, does this properly. I, you know, it's like, anyway, so I came out of this whole deal and I began, I just called all the, all, all the guys, I started with the guys, and I just said, all the guys in, in the fellowship, every Monday, around a fire, in my front yard, bring your camping chairs and your camping cups, and let's just sit, and let's just talk. Let, let's not, no agenda, no, um, you know, let, let's just sit, I, that's the only place I knew where to start, it was, was right there. I spoke to other pastors and other ministers and other leaders about it and nobody really had an answer for me i asked them what do you do to make disciples and they said we've got a program you know we've got a we've got a school and and i said okay but it doesn't fit the directive that i've been given not that i've been given that we've been given it's not the commission that we have so i sat down and I looked at this word, and that's what I want to share with you a little bit tonight, is just the, the deeper meaning of what discipleship actually is. So here we go. Um, the, the Greek word is matateo. It's M-A-T-H-E-T-E-O-U. And the, it says the action of the verb describes much more than the mere academic impartation of information. It's not the academic impartation of information. And here we have to shift our paradigm a little bit because we think that when we're preaching, we're making disciples and we aren't. Okay, we, we're giving information. And it's wonderful. We need preaching. We need the sharing of, of the gospel of the kingdom. We need that. And we need from the pulpit kind of stuff. But I think what we've done is we've made this the paradigm that everything has to flow out of. Is out of this concept of um, meeting. <laughs> the meeting mindedness. And we need to change that concept in our minds. Because it's not the mere academic impartation of information. I want you to really think about that. It's not just giving information academically. It's not taking a book. It's not putting people in a seminary. When we want to make disciples, we want to push people into some school of something somewhere, some seminary somewhere, something that just... Okay, let's carry on a little bit. But it's... Uh, one is doing, it says, more than simply instructing or aiding in a certain vocational skill. So you, you making disciple is not a career kind of instruction or aiding. You're not bringing people to be pastors. Hello. This is not discipleship. Training people to be pastors. That's not discipleship. It's not instructing or aiding in, or simply instructing or aiding in a certain vocational skill. Listen to this. The word suggests the deep shaping of character. 
the deep shaping of character, the cultivation of a world view. Now this is, <laughs> this comes now from a, another angle. There's a, a new paradigm, a new mindset that needs to be imparted. Do you remember in, in Ephesians, where, where is my online Bible? Everything just went off here because of the internet. Hello. All right. So if we go to Ephesians, um, what was that scripture where it talks about Ephesians chapter 4, where it talks about the futility of the mind? I think it's in chapter 4. Is it? Or chapter 3. We've got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Bow, bow, bow. Um, yeah. Should have looked this one up first, eh? <laughs> anyway, it just comes to me now as I'm as I'm talking. I just thought about the scripture. And anyway, I'm I'm in another I'm in the Amplified, so I'm not. It is 421 and backwards, I think. Uh, we're just looking here at for the scripture. Um, yes, yeah, there we go. Verse 17 says of chapter 4, Paul says this So this I say and solemnly affirm together with the Lord as in, as in his presence that you must no longer live. Listen to this, as the unbelieving Gentiles live in the futility of their minds and in the foolishness and emptiness of their souls. Futility of their minds in the emptiness, that is a paradigm, it's a mindset. It's a way the, the unbelievers, the Gentiles, the unbelievers, the heathen think. For their moral understanding, verse 18 says, is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They're alienated, self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. Alright, so there's a mindset when people are not saved. And when they get saved, we've got to help them um, get a new mindset. So, there's also this word now means the deep shaping of character. And so we've got a, 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 a cultivation of a worldview. So before you're saved, you have this worldview, this mindset, this perspective, this point of view that's alien to new creations, the new creation in Christ and of the kingdom of God. It's alien to that. And yet it is... Uh, <laughs> It's well, it is alien, and so you've got to come in, and, and this is why Rome, uh, uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need a cultural change by the renewing of your mind. That's what he says. Renew is to take back, re means to take back to new to the original state of your mind, to the original state of thinking. And that's what he says here, is that the word suggests a deep shaping of character, a cultivation, not just a, you know, this is what you've got to be now, and you better change your clothes, better change your hair, better change your talk, better change your walk. 
It's a cultivation of a new worldview that's going to change how they think, how they behave, how they act, etc. Alright? How they decide. And it says, through a close and personal relationship between the mentee and the mentor, this floored me. This really took the wind out of everything I was doing at that point in time. It's like, through a close and personal relationship between the mentee and the mentor, or between the learner and the teacher, between the disciple and the master. Okay, so... Here we've got one, a deep shaping of character, two, cultivation of a worldview, three, a close, close relationship. And I began to look at this thing and I said, we don't have close relationships in the church. Not, not to this level where there's a deep shaping of character, a cultivation of a worldview. We, we, we don't see this stuff. A close and personal relationship. And you see, Jesus had that with his 12, a close personal relationship with them. Then it says, the teacher, listen to this, this, <laughs> this began a journey for me. The teacher is a mentor par excellence, highly skilled, skilled, not just haphazard, whatever, skilled, understands the things of the kingdom. In fact, to shape character, you've got to be skilled. You've got to be a mentor that knows how to engage, how to equip, and how to empower. You've got to be. To, to cultivate a worldview, you've first got to understand what you're, you've got to be aware of your worldview before you can help others get and cultivate a worldview. Your worldview has to be kingdom. If you don't have a kingdom worldview, then how are you going to bring people and, and cultivate and help them cultivate a kingdom worldview? If you are, your worldview is still stuck in religiosity, if your worldview is still stuck actually in alienation and now thinking that you can just come in and impose on everybody some kind of worldview that you bring in from out there doesn't work it's not discipleship <laughs> and then he says it's par excellence listen to this who stamps works to stamp an image on the disciple and thereby enable them to partake partake of in his life now obviously we don't try and get people partaking of our life. We want his life. We need his life and let them partake of his life in us. We want them to we got Jesus said, teach them to observe whatsoever I I I have commanded you. Alright? So the point is is that we are bringing the king the king and his kingdom to their life so that they um, partake of his life not our life not our church life that's the other thing is like we get invited to partake everywhere I've gone in the world the first thing Christians do is invite you to their church to see their pastor to hear their program I've never yet encountered a believer that comes and sits with me and says 
How are you? Where are you? How are you doing? Can we pray for you? Very rarely. Very rarely. And if if they do and you upset their apple cart a little bit, boom, baby, you out. No personal, more, any more personal relationship with you. This is an ongoing process. Where before God and before heaven is the maturity in the body of Christ that will bring people into this place. Your, dis, your disciple making process never ends. It doesn't matter how wonderful you think the person is and how great their pulpit and how what a great orator and what super, super duper messages. They need to be in a process of discipleship where their character is constantly being deeply, not just shaped, deeply shaped and cultivated of a worldview. Not given a worldview, not read a book on a worldview, but cultivating. That You know what cultivate means? It means there's plowing, there's sowing, there's preparing, there's caring. Where is the stuff? A teacher part is a mentor. This put me on the path of studying mentoring. I went on a course on how to be a mentor business, a business coach. Because I couldn't find it anywhere else. Nobody was teaching what is mentoring at that point in time. In those, back in those years. Now you can buy books on it. But those years it wasn't around. And I still think mentoring is not something you get in a book. Mentoring is something that's imparted to you. Mm. Stamping an image on the disciple. That's where the word uh, example comes from. Example is the Greek word character with a K, T-E-R. And it means like a typewriter to hit the keys on the typewriter and that arm comes up and bang, 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 and it leaves an impression. Or when you take a piece of sheet metal or copper and you bang, bang, and you shape it out. That's what a mentor does. He stamps an image on the disciple or the disciple and enables them, listen, to partake of his life. And the thing about it is, is we bring people to the life of Christ always. This is not, this is not a routine kind of step one to five formula. This is not a formula. This is relationship. This is walking through, journeying with. <laughs> yeah. My. The goal, it goes on to say, the, the, the Greek definition goes on to say, the goal is not simply the attaining of information, but the experience and enjoyment of fellowship. It's not just the experience or the attaining of information. You see, week after week, we're trying to give people information with more Bible studies, more encounters, more um, preaching, more meetings, more meetings, and more meetings, and more meetings. We become so meeting-minded, we, we get uncomfortable when something is not a meeting. I've been in meetings where they said, it's your chance to preach. And I said, I've got nothing to say. I'm sitting, staying, sitting, seated. 
It was like, what do we do now? What do we do now? With some meeting minor, we gotta have a meeting. So, it's not the attaining of information, but it's the experience, listen, and the enjoyment of fellowship. Wow. Out of that deep personal relationship comes a fellowship. And it's to be experienced and enjoyed. <laughs> Where are we finding this stuff? Where is this happening? I know it's happening. But we need to change our mindset so that we are all doing it. Leaders, you bring the culture of this into every facet of the life of Christ on the earth. Into the kingdom. The kingdom is about this. Jesus showed us this. And yet we think we're better than he is. Hmm. Well. Listen, the disciple, it says, seeks to emulate his teacher and partake in his life. Being, remembering is that we're bringing Christ Jesus in as the teacher. The Holy Spirit revealing Jesus into their life. You want to make it to the point that they want to emulate him. That you are in such close relationship with them and revealing him to them. Not by your words, but by your life, by, by how you are, how you be with the disciple, so much that they want to emulate that lifestyle. Not, not just you, you understand, it's not about you, it's about him. We've got to direct people to him. I'm trying to move this thing around so that it doesn't shine on my glasses. Otherwise I look like those guys at the beach, you know. <laughs> <laughs> with the shades that you can't see the eyes. Anyway, here we go. So, but, this is the thing. He seeks to emulate his teacher, partake in his life. We bring that as well. Is We need to be allowing them to say, I want to follow you like that. I want to have the worldview that you have. I want to have the perspective that you have. I want to have the attitude, the heart. I want to be like you in your relationships with people. Can they really say that? We want people to follow us while we just say, Please, pray for me. Pray for me. Give me more. Give me more. I need a new TV. I need a new prayer. Please pray for me. My husband. My wife. Really? <laughs> it's a sob story. What we've got to do is begin to em. We've got to start emulating his life and partaking in his life by the Spirit so that they will want to emulate and partake of his life in our life. Do people actually want to hang out with you? Do they want to be around you? Or are you just complaining all the time? Are you just, you know, you've... In fact, you don't allow people close to you. You keep things, you hide things from them because you, you don't want them to, to taste and touch the authentic person that you are. But listen, it's not a mindless psychophant. I love that. Mindless psychophant. In other words, 
not a robotic person that has renounced all individuality and personality. We do not rob people of their individuality or their personality. Religion does that. Religion demands conformance. Christ does not. Christ calls, calls for followership. Calls us to be disciples. Listen, it is, it goes on to say, it's the values and beliefs of the teacher that are embraced. The values and the beliefs of the discipler that are embraced. What are your values? Do you even know what your values are? Do you know what kingdom values are? Do you know what it is that you believe? And I'm not talking about your church constitution. I'm not talking about your statement of faith. I'm talking about the values of the kingdom. The things that Jesus said, I hide from them because they're not ready to receive it. But for you that want more, that following me for more, excuse me, I will reveal the mysteries, the keys of the kingdom. Do you know what they are? Are you searching it out? Or are you reading your Bible from the wrong perspective? Begin to read it from a different mindset. Values and beliefs. The kingdom has its own set of values and beliefs. We preach our church's values and beliefs from our perspective. But we don't go to what the king and the kingdom is. And so he says... The values and beliefs of the teacher that need to be embraced. You're sharing, you're imparting values and beliefs. You're living them. And they are reproduced in the disciple. So by allowing his life, he goes on to say, to extensively be influenced by his teacher, the disciple can know and experience firsthand and directly with adaptions, this also was something. Because I don't know about you, but I've been, you know, I, I've been around for 40 years under leaders, church leaders. And I'm telling you is that guys would reject me just because I didn't adapt to them. It says that the teacher, you are extensively influenced by the teacher. And you, as the disciple, can know and experience firsthand and directly with that teacher, with adaptions made to each individual, and even partake of the life of his teacher. What we've got to understand is, number one, because we've got this culture that comes from our paradigm, our mindsets. See, mindsets, values... And belief systems set the culture. And we don't ever question things. We just, and what we do is we, our discipleship making, our, our conversion process in the church is making people just like us to fit into our church meetings, into our church concept. 
But there's no adaptions to the personality, to the person of who they are in Christ. Who God is shaping them and molding them to be. There's no impartation of kingdom values and kingdom beliefs. So that their transformation comes into them experiencing the good will and acceptable perfect will of God. And they are actually able to reproduce that in others. It comes from a deep relationship. We don't build relationships anymore. I was saying to somebody the other day, it's amazing to me how superficial relationships are. Ministry. The church has become, and I'm talking to leaders, yes, I can talk like this. I'm going to talk straight to you. But it's amazing how snip, snip, we can cut you out. It's the hardest, harshest place in the world. Let me tell you something. Business is hard. You know, you're climbing the corporate ladder. You're making sales. It's competitive. But let me tell you something. People will will accept your comeback, will accept will get around you, try and help you build again way more than the church. The church will just cut you off, just remove you, ignore you. You're gone, baby. There's no partaking of anything of theirs. None at all. You're gone. That's it. Harsh. And we've developed this culture. You either fit or you're gone. You either adapt or you die. You're just not good enough. And so what happens is we've we've created this Religious culture that people cannot fit into. But when I look at this, I go, when I read this 15, I don't know, 15 years ago, it changed my whole life. And I, I just realized, you know, the one is going to be, is going to be as important to me as the 1,000. If I cannot get it right with one, then God's never going to give me the 1,000. Not to make disciples. Jesus didn't even try to make disciples of thousands. He worked. He had 500 hung around, shared a certain amount with them. 70 trained up. They wanted signs and wonders. The the 12 was what he worked with. And then he had one, two, and three. They saw stuff nobody else did. But he was preparing them, mentoring them specifically. Not because they were more special than anybody else, but because they were going to be the communicators of the message. The communicators of the kingdom culture. That's what they were going to do. And so that's what I want to encourage you. Is like, when you think about it, listen to this teaching a few times and listen to that definition. It's life changing. When I heard that, I said, you know what, I've got to change everything. I had to change how I fathered. Suddenly I realized, you know what, as a dad, I can't take this thing haphazardly. I must be a mentor to my sons, to my children. When I meet, when I meet other men and women of that, that are, are Christian and many of them are hungry, do am I prepared to take time to listen, to understand, to impart? Not to impart information. To impart knowledge, but to impart a worldview, to cultivate, to work with their character, not their personality. Not to try and conform them to my idea of what a person should be, but to to help them become the person that God wants them to be. 
to help them become the person that, that God has called them to be. I've got a little message that's in the way here. Never mind. <laughs> so, um, we've got to focus on developing those relationships. We've got to go back and, and learn how to engage people. We've got to go back and learn how to equip and then how to empower. Empower means to release, to raise and release them. Not try and make power, but to, um, to, <laughs> these messages are popping up here. Um, not, not to, not to, what did I say? I can't remember. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but but developing these relationships, it's it's so vitally important. Oh, empower. Power. It's not about empowering us. It's not about power. It's about empowering. It's about releasing them to be into the fullness of what God, their Father, has called them to. So that they can become the next generation that does what we do. And we need to understand this. It doesn't come through this um, put together stuff. You know, it's not about membership. It's not about it's not about being a nice Christian. <laughs> we, we've we've made these terms to replace what discipleship really is. What making disciples really is. You know, discipleship is a nice term. We like it because. We say discipleship and we, we put a program together. Ten weeks, we get some visiting speakers to come in and now we're making disciples. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're making little, little Christians to fit into our churchy thing. The, the fact is, is that when you look at this, it's about more than instructing and aiding in a just a vocational skill. It's not becoming an evangelist or a pastor or even, God forbid, a prophet. It's not about, you know, instructing people to become prophets. No, it's the deep shaping of character, the cultivation of a worldview through a close and personal relationship. Partaking together of the life. Partaking of life. Not the attaining of information, but the experience and enjoyment of fellowship. Directly. Experientially. Wow. It's where there's an emulation of, of life. And partaking of life. And character. Not the renouncing of individuality and personality. It's the values and beliefs of the teacher that are embraced. Values and beliefs. I can guarantee you that I can take you to... I'll put a, a room full of Christians and most of them will not know what their values or their beliefs are. Oh, they will give me their constitution, their church constitution or their church statement of faith. But they will not know what are the kingdom values and kingdom beliefs. And which ones do they embrace? And which ones do they live out? And which ones are their conviction? They have no clue. They do not know how to impart these things. But we think if we preach, we can change people's lives. 
if people's lives were going to change with preaching, and thank God some do. You know, I'm not, I'm not downplaying all of that. I'm just saying is that the commission wasn't to go and preach from pulpits. The commission was to go and make disciples, which is what we are talking about tonight. Go and make disciples. Not programs, sausage machines. You shove a bunch of unbelievers in this side and they pop out the other side other side as little Christian sausages. They are now disciples. Because now they pay their tithes. They come to our meetings regularly. Um, they can lift their hands when, when the songs are playing. You know, and they attend, you know, they, they, um, oh, they serve faithfully by, you know, doing whatever they have to do. Now they're a disciple. No, they're not. You're, they're your little minions. And we've got to change this mindset. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it's just the heart. It's the mindset. It's the way we do things. I'm not saying serving is not important. I'm not saying lifting your hands is not important. I'm not saying preaching is not important. But the foundation is wrong. If we have got the wrong foundation, we've got the wrong thing going on here. And Jesus didn't say go into all the world and make members. That's what I'm trying to say. He said go into all the world and make disciples. And when you read the definition of matateo, which is the Greek word for making disciples, which is what Jesus commissioned us to do. It changes everything about what we do. And so I just want to, my battery's running flat, so that's what I wanted to leave with you tonight, is just to challenge your thinking in this area and say, what can, am I doing, what can I do? I'm not saying rebel against everything, but I'm just saying is that, We've got to have a mindset change. We've got to have a transformation of how we think, how we view, and therefore how we behave and how we act towards the world. The world is not coming to your meetings. Hello. They're not coming to your church meetings. They're not interested in listening to your preaching. We've got to get off our rusty dusties and become Disciples par excellence. We've got to get equipped in how to do this properly. How to engage, how to e equip, and how to empower the next generation. That's what we've got to do. We've got to change the way we do things. We've got to value relationship, deep relationship. We've got to value it beyond our activities. Let me say this to you. If you're too busy for relationships, you are too busy for the kingdom of God. You need to shut it down. You need to shut some things down and get busy with, with building relationships. I, I had to stop meetings, man. I had to stop all the church meetings and attend, attending conferences and, and fancy schools to get new certificates and diplomas. I had to shut all that down and start taking what, what and finding out what the values of the kingdom are from, from, the, from this constitution. This book of the kingdom, getting this stuff, putting it into my heart and life and begin living it with people in relationship. Somebody asked me the other night, you know, it's like, why, why would we want to do this for you? I said, you're not doing it for me. Me, I can do other things. I'm, do, I'm doing this for you. I'm here to develop relationship, to be around and to, to work 
and give you an opportunity where I can input into your life so that you can fulfill your potential as a son of God, as a son of the kingdom of God. Whatever you do and, and after that is, is up to you. I, at whatever point you decide that, that the kingdom of God has an assignment for you that you need to go and do, which it does, um, and you need to do, you can go anytime you like. You owe me nothing. I'm doing what my master told me to do. That's it. Which is to, to <laughs> shape, through deep relationship, shape your character, cultivate a worldview, have you partake in my life, share the values and the beliefs of the kingdom of God with you until you can live them yourself. That's it. Now, you know, don't run away until you've got that. That's what I'm saying is don't, don't just die. Well, I'm, I'm a prophet now to the nations. I don't need anybody. You know, that, that stuff does not work. You know, really it doesn't work. And you, you just trying to go around because then you're just going to repeat what everybody else is doing instead of making disciples with Jesus said, because you cannot make a disciple from what you don't have. You understand? It's got to be imparted to you. You've got to get that worldview. You've got to go through that process, man. You've got to go through that process. And I'm not talking about a 10-week course. I'm talking about that deep relationship where you have that imparted to you. God help us that we, we may, in this time, in this nation, and in the world, see... And I'm, it's happening. I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm, I'm talking specifically to this nation right now, to, to the United States of America. And, and, and some of my friends in Europe and some of my friends in Africa. I'm just saying, wherever you are right now, we, we, I pray God give us the grace and the ability, the wisdom to begin to make disciples the right way. To do, fulfill His commission. Not our commission, His commission. Alright? Thank you for being with me. This is Sean. Until next time, uh, I, pray, I, I pray that your, your head is still will stay attached to your body and your mind you know, will be able to be renewed in these things. Please listen to this a few times. Get it deeply. Uh, if I say things that uh, you don't like the way I say them, just remember I'm from Africa. So, hey, forgive me. <laughs> but uh, I'm, you know, I've got nothing to lose. I'm just going to share it straight the way it's supposed to be because we don't have time. We're losing a generation. We are losing a nation and we don't have time. We don't have time to sit and be politically correct and coddle moth each other and say nice things so we all feel fuzzy and wuzzy about it. Nah, don't have time. We've got to get this on. Got to get this moving. All right. So from Sean, thank you. I appreciate you being on with me. Hey, Tesla, great to have you with me. All right. God bless. Hey. Bye-bye.